Hello, and welcome to episode 25 of the Fitness for Humans podcast. Uh, my name is Mark, and uh, per some co-workers' requests, uh, we are going to be diving into something called insulin resistance today. Uh, this is a little bit frightening, guys. Uh, the more research I did on this, uh, the more urgency I felt to do this episode, uh, because this is something that is very serious that uh, we need to make sure that we do everything in our power to try to avoid. Now, insulin resistance obviously is our body's resistance to insulin. I think we could all kind of gather that from the name. Um, but what this does is it results in higher blood sugar due to your body re- resisting the insulin and therefore not being able to uh, control the glucose levels in your blood. Now, here's a staggering number for you guys. Uh, in the United States, 3 million new cases per year. By the math, it comes to one out of every three Americans at some point being diagnosed with having insulin resistance. Now, what does this tell us? This tells us that uh, there's obviously something with uh, wrong with the type of lifestyle that we lead here in this country as well as the type of food that we're ingesting. So uh, we need to start with those two things uh, if we're going to uh, right the ship and make sure that we don't become one of these uh, statistics as far as the one in three uh, out of everybody in this country. Now, eventually this will lead to type 2 diabetes, first pre-diabetes and then type 2 diabetes. Um, and the scary thing is typically there's no symptoms, but... Uh, there, there are signs that you need to be tested. Uh, if you have obesity, uh, if you suffer from having excessive amounts of skin tags, uh, if you have excessive hair, uh, if, or if you have a lot, any loss of menstruation, if you're a woman now, uh, you definitely want to get tested. Also, uh, as far as obesity goes, if your waistline is over 40 inches, that's a good sign that, uh, um, your obesity is to the point where it's worthy of being tested. Uh, if you have a higher blood pressure, 130 over 8 or 80 or higher, um, you definitely want to make sure that uh, you get checked out for having insulin resistance there because that could be something that could cause your insulin resistance. Your condition is also more likely if you lead an inactive lifestyle. Um, if you notice that you're craving carbohydrates, this is something that uh, can be kind of a, I wouldn't say it's a symptom because I mean, but I mean, it's, it's definitely a sign that, uh, you know, insulin resistance is um, a possibility for you. Um, if you're a female having ovarian cysts, you're more likely to, to have the condition. Uh, if you have a family history of having diabetes, uh, make sure that, uh, you know, you, you find that out if, if you're unsure. Uh, if you're a smoker over 45 years of age, if you have sleep apnea or you're taking any kind of medication, uh, you're more likely in all these cases to uh, be suffering from uh, insulin resistance or being more uh, likely to be subject to insulin resistance. Now, Insulin resistance leads to diabetes as your pancreas makes more insulin to make up for it, but over time, your pancreas will fail to keep up. So uh, that's why it will first be leading to prediabetes. Now, uh, one thing that uh, you want to make sure you look at, too, is if you have Alzheimer's in your family, um, this can be something that can be kind of a predetermining factor as far as how much likely you are to get Alzheimer's. So uh, insulin resistance has been tested or has been uh, statistically stated to uh, play a factor in, in the production of that. So uh, to combat insulin resistance, you want to make sure that you're exercising three to five days a week. Uh, you know, it's bas- basic health things that we've gone over over and over again. Uh, get to a healthy weight and uh, make sure you're eating healthy, okay? Uh, focusing on fruits, vegetables, and lean proteins, okay? Now, regardless of what anybody tells you, insulin resistance is reversible if it's caught early enough, okay? Now, if you're in my personal opinion, if it's caught early enough, don't medicate. I've always been somebody that advocates for taking a natural route uh, in uh, curing uh, certain types of ailments. Um, but if you have no plan to put in the work, um, then obviously the medication would at that point be um, uh, recommended um, 
just because, I mean, obviously you don't want to do nothing about it. So uh, if you are overweight, insulin resistance can be reversible after 21 days, but in extreme overweight scenarios, it could take up to a year. So if uh, you're somebody that's over 450 pounds, expect it to be closer to the one-year mark. Uh, if you're somebody that's a little bit uh, uh, on the lighter scale as far as the overweight uh portion of it goes, uh, you can see some um, some positive effects a lot sooner if you put in the work. Now, foods that can spike your insulin resistance, uh, highly processed foods, simple sugars, and foods high in saturated fats, uh, like sausage, bacon, cheese, and butter, things that the ketos love, uh, which is, could be a, you know, is another uh, check mark in the, in the wind column for me as far as, you know, being against, uh, you know, the keto diet. Um, make sure that you limit your sodas, your juice, and your sports drinks, um, as those can be things that can be very terrible for your blood sugar levels, as well as um, you know if you suffer from insulin resistance. Now, uh, avoiding processed grains. This is something that I've kind of read some contradictory things on. Now, if you are somebody who um, is looking to aid in your digestion, uh, actually, the refined grains are better for you than whole grains. But in this scenario, this would be the one scenario where it's kind of like the, the yin to the yang. Um, if you are uh, trying to combat insulin resistance, you want to stick to more whole grains as opposed to any kind of processed grains. Um, now, one thing that I've always been an advocate for is the intermittent fasting. And the intermittent fasting is um, something that I think is, is great for improving overall health. And this can improve this condition, but alone, this is, will not be enough. So, you know, even if you're fasting, you know, I've said that, you know, that your fasting is a good thing as far as creating a window as far as your margin of error in your diet. But uh, if you've gotten to a point where you're insulin resistant, um, you know, th that, that unfortunately, that's not going to be enough. Now, the insulin resistance will still help, but uh, you're still going to have to make sure that you maintain a healthy diet while you are fasting or doing your intermittent uh, or time-restricted eating, as it's called. In this next segment, um, we had a little extra time, so I want to go over a couple of uh, frequently asked questions, FAQs as uh, we call them, um, things that uh, either I've been asked directly or indirectly or uh, have uh, read that people have had questions about uh, on, on a lot of uh, social media forums and stuff that, uh, that I'm a part of. Now, uh, one question that uh, I've been asked directly is, will sweetening coffee break your fast or your ketosis when you're trying to achieve ketosis um, for a brief period of time. Um, as I've mentioned in the past that, uh, you know, coffee is a very uh, acceptable and important thing to have in the morning when uh, you're still in your fasted state, um, as long as you're drinking it black and putting a little bit of sweetener in it to uh, kind of uh, um, counteract the bitterness of it. If, if you're somebody who can't stand coffee, it's something that I've been an advocate for. And uh, unfortunately, th th there's no clear yes or no to the ketosis part. Um, as far as breaking your fast, no, this will not break your fast. Uh, this is not something that uh, will be any kind of significant calorie intake to, uh, to make your body um you know, come out of the fasted state, but um, possibly to the ketosis, depending on how much you're sweetening your coffee. Now, even if you are using uh, like zero calorie sweeteners or um, if, God forbid you're using an artificial sweetener, hopefully you're not doing that. Um, but if, if it's something you're doing, you're still, if it's to a point where you can taste the sweetness on your tongue, then that will trigger your brain to, to produce uh, insulin to uh, break down the sugar. So um, it, it really ultimately depends on how much you're putting in. Um, usually if, if I'm using any kind of agave or I'm using honey, I usually use about a teaspoon to half a teaspoon, um, just something to 
counteract the bitterness of the coffee, but not make it sweet. If you're tasting sweetness in your coffee, you have too much sweetener in your coffee. Um, really, the point of you know me advocating for or allowing any kind of uh, sweetener in uh, black coffee is just to counteract the, counteract the bitterness to make it make it tolerable. That way, you don't hate it. Obviously, the, drinking black coffee is important, but you don't want to hate the process and try to muscle through it every single morning. So um, um, that's why. That's something that I think is is acceptable um, as far as making it tolerable. Uh, another thing that uh, I read about a lot is uh, people ask, how important is core training? Now, uh, a common misconception is that uh, it working your core is helping you burn belly fat. Um, unfortunately... That is not the case. Your body will burn fat evenly throughout your entire body as you as you burn fat. Um, the the myth that uh, that core workouts burn your belly fat is is just that. It's a myth. Um, excessive belly fat. Um, if if you notice that you have a, a larger buildup there as opposed to any other area of your body where you have built up fat um, is usually a direct result of poor digestion. So obviously focusing on better digestion is going to be something that helps um, cure that belly fat excess. Um, but as far as overall importance of core training, I mean, obviously I, I don't advocate for ignoring any type of uh, muscle group when you are doing any type of uh, athletic training. Uh, but uh, uh, is very important if you want any kind of core definition that uh, you are working out your, um, your core. But also if you're an athlete, um, so much of your athleticism comes from your core strength and your core movements. So uh, if you're an athlete, obviously training core is of vital importance. Um, if you're looking for core definition, it's very important too. Now, a lot of a lot of exercises naturally utilize your core uh, when you're balancing your body. So, uh, if you're just looking for, um, you know, uh, weight loss, and you know, if you're looking for just a little bit of, you know training for your core a lot of things actually do that without doing specific core workouts but uh if you want uh if you want any kind of serious definition in your core you're going to have to work out your core now are cheat meals important um for overall health the answer is definitely no um i i, I would obviously you know i i've always said that you don't have to be perfect but you have to be exceptional um but taking that step further you have to be consistent i don't know i'm sure if anybody out there is familiar with the 80 20 plan but basically what that means is 80 percent of your diet is clean eating and 20 percent of it you can you know kind of stray off from that a little bit if um you know you're um in a position to indulge um, but uh, it, obviously severe cases call for severe measures so if you're somebody who is in a little bit more of a um, catastrophic state as far as your physical health um, you definitely want to limit your cheat meals um, or if, if if not eliminate them now for weight loss cheat meals can be important um, as this obviously tricks your body with confusion you know we've, we've touched on in the past as far as you know uh, my my feelings on having two to three cheat meals per week to kind of uh, uh, you know, get your body out of the mode because anytime your body gets used to something, then all of a sudden you become stagnant. So if you're in a position where you're able to incorporate two to three cheat meals per week to keep your body guessing as far as calorie intake goes, um, I think that's something that has been very beneficial for me and can be very beneficial for you. So, uh, I want to recap the episode. Uh, we've touched on insulin resistance, so um, you know, make sure that uh, you know you keep this number in mind that as many as one in three Americans will suffer from insulin resistance. Um, so make sure you don't become one of those numbers, guys. Uh, take steps to avoid or reverse insulin resistance, uh, basically through diet and exercise, and uh, implement the fasting. This is something that keeps coming up as well in a lot of episodes: is the important and the benefits of the intermittent fasting and the time restricted eating. Um, this is something that can aid in um, preventing and reversing. 
uh, your insulin resistance, and as well as even if you get to a point where you have type 2 diabetes and you're catching it early, um, you know, I, I'm always been an advocate of doing things on your own by putting in the work uh, to reverse anything as opposed to just giving in and uh, taking the medicine that's handed to you. So uh, if you're in a position where um, you can do that, um, that's definitely the recommendation that I would uh, give as far as helping reduce that. So hopefully this has been beneficial for you. Um, in the future, I would like to have uh, more sections where I'm uh, answering some frequently asked questions. Um, so uh, feel free to uh, leave a question or a comment in uh, any of the polls that I have on Spotify um, as far as uh, if you have any questions that you'd like to have answered uh, on the show. So uh, like I said, hopefully this has been beneficial for you. Until next time, so long.